So on this uh, Better Media podcast, we have a bit of a Super Bowl special here. Uh, we have the founders of Mogul, Brandon and Aiden, with us. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Really excited to chop it up right now. Uh, so for starters, can you guys just go ahead and give us a background of how you two know each other and how Mogul came to be? Yeah, Ben. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to get on the podcast here. Um, really looking forward to a good discussion. Obviously, you know, you guys being from New York, we're really excited just to chop it up with some New Yorkers as well. Um, so love that. Um, yeah, I mean, so mogul background, right? So or background on myself, I guess, first. Um, so Aiden Sile, I grew up in northern New Jersey, in Maplewood, New Jersey. I actually live in New York City now in the East Village. Um, so I graduated from Notre Dame in 2017 um, with degrees in management consulting and sociology. After that, I went and worked for Morgan Stanley for a couple years in private wealth management and followed that up with a sit in private equity at Lexington Partners. Um, and then, you know, I've been working on Mogul for about a year now, um, which is crazy to say. I mean, obviously, I think we can all agree that time has absolutely flown in COVID. Um, and this really doesn't feel like a year, even though it's been a brutal year at that. Um, but in all, for all intents and purposes, COVID's been kind of a blessing um, for Brandon and I to have the opportunity to really put our heads down and just work. Yeah, I mean, I, I second uh, everything Aiden had to say there. I'm also from the northern parts of New Jersey. Grew up in a, a small town, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. Went to uh, uh, the only Jesuit school in New Jersey, St. Peter's Prep. Um, you know, really enjoyed my, my four years at, at that school. And then was fortunate to have a pretty nice and easy transition to uh the college level going to Notre Dame um, where I was fortunate to continue my football career played a year and a half before being benched. I uh, graduated in three and a half years with an accounting degree, which was really no easy task uh, playing the position, you know, playing quarterback, you know, doing everything simultaneously. Um, spent my summers interning, uh, really trying to make the most out of my time and my experience at Notre Dame. So I, I spent the summer in Palo Alto with uh, Excel Partners, which is a top venture capital firm in the world. Really sparked my interest in entrepreneurship and, and the startup space um, during that time. And then finished my career, had the opportunity to finish up at the University of Central Florida. It gave me a phenomenal opportunity to continue my, my athletic and my academic career. I uh, didn't have a stint in the NFL, but... Uh, God's plan, right? God brought me to Aiden, and we were able to uh, embark on a on a new and and uh, unconventional journey together. And like you said, for the past year, we've been hard at it and have made so much progress. So, thanks for having us on, guys. That's you know that's mobile. I think you guys asked also where we connected, and and we've been connected since high school days. So Aiden and I have always you know had a social connection. Uh, places that, you know, I don't want to say on podcasts we've met, but, um, you know, we've always stayed in contact, had a mutual respect for one another and knew that, you know, we all, we both had interest in the college space and both had unique uh, perspectives to bring to the space. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, obviously this, this idea that you guys have uh, been working on this past year, it's something that uh, it's very prevalent that there's a problem with the NCAA and the lack of compensation for student athletes and, I'm just glad that you two have been tackling it and starting to get a head start on it. Yeah, so diving a little bit more into Mogul, uh, can you guys explain to us, like, how does it operate and how will you guys help former athletes and then current student athletes as well? Yeah, 
Um, so Mogul as a company, what we're doing is we're creating a platform that will connect current and former student athletes to opportunities to monetize their name, image, and likeness, primarily at the local scale. So as an athlete, um, whether you know you, you're competing as an undergrad or you know you're a former collegiate athlete who still has you know a big name back on campus or externally, you'll have the opportunity to log into the mobile platform and seek out all the opportunities that exist, both at the local level and national level, to monetize your brand and your publicity rights. Um, so these you know these opportunities could exist in the form of appearances, autograph signings private athletic training lessons, um, social media campaigns, large brand endorsements, you name it. Um, all of those opportunities will be safely and securely housed on the mogul marketplace. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that we're really proud of here as well at mogul is obviously we're on a mission to empower the student athletes to act as their own agent and seek out these opportunities. But we're really on a mission here to also have a profound impact in the local community. So obviously by helping local businesses to interact and access these these extremely valuable athletes, we're helping to take care of athletes all the way up from where they start uh, in childhood to where they finally get to if they're at that final stage uh, in college to be able to get compensated for lifelong work. Honestly, um, Brandon, you touched a bit on earlier about being an accounting major, graduating three and a half years, being a student athlete. Um, how has all that toll and all that effort, what it took, prepped you for now pursuing this? Uh, entrepreneurial role in your life? Uh, just discipline. You know, some of the some of the intangibles that you're able to take from playing sport uh, into your post-sport career are very valuable, right? And if you can apply them uh, where needed and, and where see fit, then I think it helps you really flourish uh, in your post-sport career. So, you know, that's still been part of my transition from, from uh, you know, playing football to to play uh, to, to post uh, sport. Hey, buddy, stop. Um, so, you know, but everything, man, every part of that experience of playing football has been able to help me transition and make the transition easier and to continue to, to lead a team, right? We're fortunate enough to have six or six interns currently on our team, and um, that that aspect of it hasn't changed, right? Of, of of being able to be a part of a team, how to manage a team, how to communicate, all those those small lessons. Really, uh, you're able to take those with you uh, post sport and 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 apply them. So uh, everything I've learned has been has been uh, a huge part of you know the the mobile mission today. Awesome. So diving into your time a little bit more at Notre Dame, uh, what did the frustrations look like between you and your teammates uh, in relation to you and you guys not being compensated uh, by your school or the NCAA? That's a good question. I thought you were going to talk about the frustrations from not winning national championships, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of those and there's a lot of the ones you know that you mentioned. Um, but just, you know, it wasn't a, always a huge conversation, right? But it was a conversation that was always on the table and always being discussed in, in the locker room and really amongst all athletes, right? As a SAC member, uh, as a steering uh, committee member, right? Both, both, uh, uh, both communities that represent the student body on campus at Notre Dame um, and being amongst those, those people that were always concerned about this idea. So it's always how can we how can we figure out a way to make this equitable, 
right? For for really all athletes, right? And then what's the best way to go about it? You know, the safe, the safest way. Mm-hmm. Um, those were always conversations that were being had. But as far as like actual conversations, right? Like Enrique Ogubawale, who's a good friend of mine, um, and that a lot of people know around the country, right? For a specific example, she hit two, you know, a national championship uh, winning shot and a conference winning shot, right? So, you know, a lot of notoriety around that name and around Notre Dame after she did that. She was then hosted on uh, Dancing with the Stars um, and wasn't compensated for it, right? So she was, you know, she was was very, uh, it was a very controversial time. Uh, She could barely promote herself uh, as being a part of the show. And obviously, you know know the media coverage around that show. It's wide and well. So, uh, those are some of the examples that, you know, the, the current athlete is going through that, you know, we, we, we need the, the landscape to, to shift here. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you, you talk about uh, all athletes getting compensated, and I know you guys uh, are plugging these athletes into opportunities in local areas. Uh, but with a game coming up this weekend, like the Super Bowl, there's obviously – um, headline games, games with a lot of notoriety, March Madness, uh, NCAA championship football game, whatever it might be. Uh, how, how does mobile help athletes at the local level compared to at a more uh, headline level? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the, the big differentiation with regards to mogul, when you compare it to other people trying to enter the space, is we're not trying to operate as a traditional marketing agency or as an agent at all representing athletes. We're really providing all opportunities to athletes. So as a result, right, you think about the scale and the the wide spectrum that exists in college athletics, right? At the top end, you have your your Trevor Lawrence's, your Kyler Murray's, your Tua Tagovailoa's, who are going to get these massive Coca-Cola type brand deals. And they're going to have the opportunity to be in Super Bowl commercials as, you know, up next, if you will. Um, And that's going to be a major, major marketing opportunity for them. But at the local scale, I think that's where Mogul really provides value and differentiates itself in that when you think about a local community, a South Bend, Indiana, a Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Norman, Oklahoma, small towns surrounding major, major athletic programs, the communities thrive and depend on the value that collegiate athletes and their athletic departments provide to those communities. But what we're doing at Mogul is we're giving them the access that they've never had to interact and get derive the value at a more, in a much more intimate way. So, for example, right, one of the things that we definitely think is going to be a major, major opportunity with in regards to providing opportunities for all athletes is the private athletic training component, right? So, if I'm if I'm a you know soft sophomore softball player at the local high school and I have dreams of playing at the collegiate level. And there's, you know, it doesn't even need to be a star playing at, you know, the Notre Dame down the street or whatever. They're playing Division One softball. Um, and the opportunity to train with them on the weekends or, you know, a couple hours a week here and there, that's going to be have a lasting impact. Um, and it helps both parties. Um, so, you know, those are two just, you know, examples of the wide end of the spectrum. But basically the thing that, you know, Mogul does better than anyone else and the thing that Mogul will really provide is verified safe opportunities at the local level. Perfect. That's excellent. Brandon, do you have anything to add to that question or? No, like I I think Aiden hit it on the head. I think South Bend is your, is your premier mobile town, right? One of the premier mobile towns where we'll we'll be able to operate in in those types of cities that are really, 
you know, driven by the, the college uh, athletic programs. So, Perfect. So I know you both have heard about the Tennessee scandal before uh, in relationship to McDonald's and the bags. Uh, can you guys explain to our viewers who may have not have heard this before what happened and then what are your guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the intricate details too much of it, but basically, from my knowledge, Jeremy Pruitt and his staff um, were basically caught uh, incentivizing recruits to decide to play with the University of Tennessee by passing them, um, you know, forms of compensation in, in the area of $20,000 in McDonald's bags um, per recruit. Um, that's basically the extent of my knowledge of that scandal. But, you know, what we're really hoping to do with Mogul is by providing athletes an opportunity to monetize their name, image, and likeness, we're really hoping that, you know, at least to a certain degree, that will help to clean up the game, if you will. Um, because obviously, you know, when you think about collegiate sports, and um, I think it probably runs most rampantly in collegiate basketball through the shoe deals each year, you know, these large programs get featured in large stories having to do with Adidas, Nike, etc. Um, you know, under under the table payments are going to happen to incentivize people to choose to play for your school. Boosters get involved. Um, but we're hoping that from the athlete perspective, the opportunity to actually make money will alleviate the stress or the draw of taking those payments to go play for a school that maybe you don't want to, right? Maybe it's not the best fit for you. Maybe it's not the best fit for your family. Maybe it doesn't provide the best academic resources as well. Um, so we're really hoping that, you know, by giving them an outlet to at least be able to be compensated while they're in school, they won't be, you know, forced to take a $20,000 bag, bag in a McDonald's bag. Yeah. I mean, to add on to that, like, what are you guys' thoughts on, like, is, is Mogul going to be able to provide a more sense of, I, I guess, fairness in the NCAA? Um, so say, for example, taking away the corruptness of the backdoor deals or whatever goes on behind the scenes and just having it all out in front, everyone knows what's going on and schools are going to be able to benefit more, athletes are going to be benefit more. Um, do you see that being of the likes, of uh, being able to remove some of that corruptness through that? I mean, I think one of the things that Mogul will do, and you know, it obviously remains to be seen if this does eventually remove the corruptness that you referenced, but I think what it will do is bring transparency to the market, right? Like, we will be able to see, you know, if, what a junior fence ho like field hockey player is worth in Norman, Oklahoma, and we'll be able to see the value that they can derive um, for the value that they provide to the community um, and within their community. Um, so to whatever degree that the transparency that is provided through the mobile platform helps to alleviate that, we're all for it. Um, you know, we're obviously Notre Dame graduates. Um, we like to think that, you know, we, uh, we are on a pedestal with regards to college football and, you know, won't be approaching things in a negative light like the University of Tennessee's of the world. Um, so anyway, any ways that we can level the playing field for Notre Dame, we're, uh, we're on board with that too. Perfect. Excellent. So this is the question, my personal favorite question that I've been uh, waiting to ask. This one's tailored a little bit more towards Brandon, so I get his insights. So when players play in games in both uh, the NCAA as well as the NFL, um, are you aware of the spreads as a player? Uh, currently, I mean, you have SVP, Tony Romo, Jim Nance. They all mention spreads, right? 
Um, so it's becoming more prevalent mainstream, but are players aware of it as they go into games? Because um, sometimes we see backdoor covers or late scores that are <coughs> meaningless. Um, however, are players looking to stick it to uh, better no. player or anything like that? Um, no. As an athlete, are you aware of spreads and stuff like that? No. Because cause you're not... Like, there's no time to focus on that, right? Like, you have guys in your locker room, and I say guys because I played with guys. You have guys in your locker room who are, you know, walk-ons who are working, like, who are betting. Like, it is what it is, right? So, um, you know, this is around the country. Like, it's just, you know, it is what it is. So, um, like, they might have a little bit more, you know, they might whisper something in your ear before the game or something. Or at the end, but like no, like I, I, I've started to pay more attention to sports betting because obviously I'm not bound by the NCAA rules or got bound bound by NFL rules. Like NFL players can't even bet on sports. I don't believe. Uh, I think yeah. Um, so Brandon's got a dog at the house, new puppy, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's just trying to jump um, on the podcast too. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like no, it's not. It's not prevalent, guys. It's not prevalent um, for the athletes to be considering, you know, the spread during the game. Right? Obviously, like I said, once you get off, once you get off the field, and once you're at the party later that night, one of your friends from your dorm comes back and says, "Dude, like the spread was this much or something." Like I wish you guys covered or something like that. Or you see it on Twitter. You know, why'd they pull so-and-so out of the game, you know? So, um, but, it, you know, obviously it's becoming more and more of a, of a concern, uh, even for players, like even for NF guys in the NFL. Like some guys are tweeting back at fans that are so, uh, you know, are so concerned with. Heading on into uh, the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, uh, do you guys have any any major thoughts, feels based on how the NFL postseason has gone thus far? Any major surprises in your guys' eyes? Um, yeah, how do you guys feel about it? I just I just think this is a great matchup. Uh, so I'm working alongside Brandon Marshall right now uh, at his house of athlete uh, down here in uh, Western Florida, and he's on first things first every morning with uh, a guy named Nick. He's he's one of those LeBron you know, avid fans. Yeah, Nick Wright, right? Nick Wright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So he's on that show every morning. So I've been sitting in with Brandon, you know, backstage, getting a really good glimpse. But the conversation around Brady, uh, Mahomes, you know, Brandon referenced, it's a modern day, you know, it's the matchup that we wanted to see, that we wanted to see between uh, LeBron and Michael Jordan, right? So, there won't be this conversation. I disagreed with him on this part. He was like, there won't be this conversation, um, you know, later down the road of who's better because they played in the Super Bowl. But I, I disagreed to the point that Brady is 43 years old and Mahomes is 20, you know, 25. So, you know, it's, they're both not even in their prime yet. So I think there's still that conversation to happen in 20 years. But it definitely takes care of some of that, right? Like they've gone head, head to head. Uh, at least one time in, in the biggest game of, in the in you know in in the uh, sport, so it's definitely going to help solidify some of that conversation. But uh, excited to see it play out this weekend. I think it's a, you know best against best. What about you, Aiden? What are your thoughts? My umbrella thought is I'm just really pissed the Packers weren't in. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I 
I really wanted Rodgers to uh, to get a crack at it. I mean, I think he is the most like criminally underappreciated quarterback in the league. Um, I think, not to throw any shade at Tom Brady, but I think if Rodgers had been on the Pats, they'd have like 10 rings. Um, but, you know, Rodgers gets no weapons. He's got Devontae Adams and nobody else, um, you know, at least, you know, to speak of per se, they draft a QB. They draft a QB in the second round instead of getting this guy some weapons. Um, and they had such a great year. I'm, I'm tired of seeing him fall at the end. Um, yeah. But you know, hats off to Brady, and you know what he's doing is insane. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl with like 150 yards and like three picks or something like that. So yeah. well, let's let's just say Rodgers lost to the Bucks. He didn't lose to Brady, but. Um, the game this week, the game this week would be would be really good. I have a question for you guys, actually, all three of you. Who do you think has more to lose? Uh, Mahomes. I'll say Mahomes. Here, here's the thing: if Mahomes loses to Brady in the Super Bowl when he's 43, like when we get to that 15, 20 years down the line, and they have this debate. I mean, look at the weapons Mahomes has. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Kelsey. He has all the running backs. Their defense is decent enough to do what they need to do. Uh, so I think this is a chance for Mahomes to be able to keep himself in that GOAT conversation 10, 15 years down the line. See, I completely agree. I agree, but I think he has 10, 15 years to make up for some of this. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's a lot of time, and the guy's young, and the guy's fresh, and... and the guy it's has true, but arm ever, and and you know, and it doesn't look like Andy Reid is going anywhere for at least another five, ten years. So, who knows? That's very fair. I'm just thinking of it in like in an envelope about or in a vacuum about like if LeBron were to play MJ this upcoming weekend for a ring and MJ won, like nobody would ever listen to any LeBron argument ever again. Um, by the way, I'm like I'm big on the LeBron go trade, but um, that's, just, that's just that's just me. <laughs> I think I'm I'm on the opposite of you. Um, I think Brady has more to lose. I mean, like you mentioned, you win this game, you solidify your legacy as the GOAT, uh, while Mahomes has 10, 15, maybe even 20 years to uh, win a bunch of titles and Super Bowls. So that's our thoughts on it. Yeah, so uh, Brandon, earlier when we first started talking about this Super Bowl matchup, you were talking about the QBs um, and how exciting of a matchup it is. What do you think, like from a former QB who's played at an elite level, are the X factors for these two quarterbacks uh, in this matchup on Sunday to come out on top? I think uh, that's a great that's a great question, right? But I think it comes down to fundamentals. Once you get this far into the season, right, as long as you can rely on your fundamentals with with really anything, right? As even as a business, as we as we move forward, we're gonna have to have fundamentals in place for us to to really uh, sit back on. So I think. For, for both of these guys, for both of these teams, it's coming down to who, you know, it's going to come down to uh, knowing who your playmakers are, getting them the ball, uh, getting the ball out of your hands in a timely manner. Both have, you know, great defensive lines. So Brady gets the ball out. Man, it's one of the fastest I've ever seen, right? Him and Rodgers get the ball out in, in less than three seconds. And, and same with uh, Drew Brees. That's what makes those, those types of guys special. But, um, but yeah, right. I, I think relying on your fundamentals, you know, checking the ball down for those QBs, getting the ball to their backs. Both have really, you know, dynamic backs, um, and then playing smart. Uh, like Aiden said, Brady got away with three turnovers, and, and that's rare. 
uh, and he's and he's damn lucky for it. So I, I think if he does that again, then I think I think the outcomes would be a little bit different. But yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, as far in the sense of of Brady's turnovers the last couple of weeks, uh, I think it's the Buccaneers game to to try. I mean, excuse me, it's the Chiefs game to lose. If the Chiefs play their best game, the Bucks can't keep up. Like plain and simple, they're just that elite. Uh, much like the Lakers are now, like when the Lakers turn it up, uh, LeBron's just that guy, and when he decides to be that guy, there's nothing really anyone can do about it. Perfect. So I know we touched on the QB battle, but do you guys have any? <coughs> pardon me. Any other X factors that you'll be looking to make a difference in the game? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's going to be because, like, on the on the Buck side, right? I think that the only way they win this game is if they slow it down and slow it way down. They're not going to win a, a shootout against the Chiefs. Um, you know, Brady, Brady's still extremely accurate. He, for the most part, controls the ball well, um, and he, he runs, you know, really great offense, but he's not going to you know, be throwing it down to Mike Evans, you know, 50-yard plays the whole game. And Godwin, all of a sudden, can't catch the ball, I guess. But, um, but uh, I thought you were going to say he runs well, but... <laughs> um, no, but like the key for the Bucks to me is getting Ronald Jones, getting Leonard Fournette involved early and often. I think the Chiefs' defense, you know, it's been serviceable this year, but it's still, you know, definitely the softer part of their team. Um, so the opportunity to slow down the clock for them is going to be huge. And then on the on the other side of the ball, I mean, I think with the Chiefs, I think if they force one turnover. Or even two, I, I don't see the Bucks staying with them because the Chiefs, like you said, like they're just going to score quick. They're going to score often, even if they're down. Tyreek Hill has like one catch for 15 yards heading into the fourth quarter. He always ends up with like 120 and three touchdowns, and that's just how it is. Um, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, guys, we have one more question for you, and then we're going to let you guys get on with the day. Um, with the news of the NCAA video game coming back, um, Brandon, first of all, I mean, are you bummed at all that it wasn't there in your college years, wasn't there for you, so you could hop on, you know, the Xbox or whatever with your buddies at Notre Dame and uh, run it with you at quarterback? And then two, uh, how will, can mobile play any part in this, or is this just more of, um, an overall like benefit to your guys' industry you're in and a good sign moving forward for what you guys are trying to create? Yeah, those are good questions. I think the first one uh, Aiden could answer. I wasn't a big gamer, but Aiden probably would play EA Sports with, with me. and, and uh, uh, I'd, play as, I'd play as Brandon. you got to have the running quarterback, otherwise the game's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that would have been awesome to play with, you know, all the guys, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Sam Dunn, right? Like all these guys that that just came out. Even it would have been really fun to play with guys like Josh Allen, who were at a Wyoming, and, and put them up against some teams and see how they would have fared. But to your second point, uh, Aiden can Aiden can and you know and, uh, add his add his insight here. But I think I think it's a phenomenal thing um, for athletes to see some sort of shift coming. Um, uh, but as of now, right, as bills are introduced uh, to the NCAA, right, they have to include they have to include language around group licensing opportunities. That's what allows uh, players to, to benefit from EA Sports games. And as of now, they do not, right? So there's no direct benefit um, 
to the athlete from just the EA Sports announcing that they're bringing back the college football game. But obviously, it's fun, right? It's going to be awesome to have them back. It's going to be very. It's going to be very interesting, right? Because if you if you have if you if you replicate a player, right? If you replicate a Brandon Wimbush, right? You make the quarterback for Notre Dame in 2018, six foot one, six foot two, African, you know, black skin tone, um, uh, you know, 220 pounds, and you make them you make them pretty fast, right? You make them faster than <laughs> you make them faster than Aiden, right? It's it's are you guys are you guys it's the question becomes, are you guys using this person's likeness, right? This person's mm. image, right? So that's where the, that's where the thin line is. So the, so the EA, when the EA drops their game, it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they do that because like, who's going to want to use, like, like, are you going to be using your favorite player? Right. Like it, it, it's just going to be very interesting. Like if I wanted to use a Kyler Murray, am I going to use Oklahoma? Like maybe my Kyler Murray's on LSU, right? you know what I mean? So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh, you know sequence of events. Yeah, and I would just kind of tack on to that. I think that the one major benefit for Mogul and for all student athletes is even if the game comes out and it's you know similar to how it was in like NCAA fourteen where you've got you don't have Brandon Wimbush, you've got number seven at Notre Dame, right? Regardless, so many people are going to be more tuned into the sport and all like at a younger generation, they're going to be playing and, you know, people are going to look up who is number seven on Notre Dame. Right. Mm. And for example, or, and as a result, that's going to help individual brands to be built. Right. Like more people are going to be aware about these guys and their crazy physical abilities and their, um, you know, they're going to tap into the game, you know, follow the stats, things like that. So as a result, these players are going to have more larger individual brands they'll be able to draw more value from a local business and provide more value to a local business. And then on the social media components, they'll be able to get, you know, much higher valuations and do social media campaigns all through the mobile platform. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I'm really excited to see how much, uh, you guys, I mean, already in a year in, you guys have already done so much and honestly, it's, it's something that's going to be groundbreaking. So it's going to be a pain in the ass, but I'm glad you two dudes are, taking it on and I like your thought processes going into it, your morals for it. I mean, you're going to be doing a lot of good for a lot of people. So for that, I want to thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll just end with a plug and then obviously a call to action for all the listeners as well. Um, so basically, you know, if you've, if you haven't heard of us before, or if you're just tuning in to the better media show, um, you've been here with Aiden Sayo and Brandon Wimbush of Mogul. Mogul is a company that we founded, which, which is dedicated to providing opportunities for current and former student-athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness through a safe, secure platform, primarily at the local business level, but also, also through social media campaigns. Um, the thing that really differentiates Mogul in this space is that we're committed to providing opportunities for all athletes, given the fact that we were founded for athletes by athletes on a mission here to empower athletes impact local businesses and help them to grow and donate a portion of our proceeds to local youth athletic programming to get in touch with us. Our um, website is www.mogul.online. That's M O G L dot online to get in touch with us uh, via Instagram. It's at get dot mogul mogul spelled the same way. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Um, we each also have our own personal Instagrams as well. Um, so, you know, feel free to sign up on the mobile website or contact us. 
and also sign up for our monthly newsletter with timely updates on NIL and everything that we're doing here at Vogel. Gotta love a shameless plug by your co-founder. <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. And, uh, I mean, shit, someone's gotta do it, otherwise athletes around aren't gonna be getting what they deserve. Perfect. Yeah, no, just thank you guys. Uh, like you mentioned, we love what you guys do. We're happy to work together. And uh, thank you for all your thoughts, feedbacks, and insights uh, that we couldn't get. Uh, personally, I was a high school athlete, but had to retire due to a lack of talent. So you should talk to Aiden about his experience. <laughs> yeah, I'll share that another time. But yeah, thank you guys for hopping on. Thanks, Thanks so much for the time. Yep. All right, go Yankees. Yes, sir. <laughs> See ya. See you guys.